I V M. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast, brought to you by Seat Tires. This is DJ, and I'll be your host for this week. And I'm joined by Ashwin. Ashwin, how are you doing, man? It's a lot of exciting stuff happening in the world of cricket. A lot of it's happening in England at the moment. But how are you feeling about what's been going on lately? I don't know, man. Every time I say something, I, I get made fun of with the that I'm making cliched answer about being excited that sport, live sport, is back on. But it is exciting. The Indian team, men's team, is playing Test cricket after the IPL disappeared from our lives. The England Indian women's team is playing Test cricket after seven years, more than seven years. So it's pretty exciting. So forgive me, I'm going to get made fun of by both you and Varun at some point for the generic line about being excited about sport. But it has been a big weekend. The Euros are going on. We're into the qualifier phase or the last round, last group matches that will lead to qualifications. The US Open men's golf is on. The Montreal Canadiens, who's the hockey team I support, are in the playoffs and doing pretty well. There's just there's too much happening, so it's exciting. So anyone who's missing a TV guide, please do tune into the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast when Ashwin can literally reel off all the live sport that's going on. I have tried. Like at one point, I had four screens going. I had my laptop, my phone, my iPad, and my TV all on different sports yesterday. Legendary, legendary guys. We are an Indian cricket podcast. We have to talk about Indian cricket. There's been plenty that's going on. So the first half of the show, right? We're going to talk about the women's Test match that took place at Bristol over the last week or so. Well, it was uh, over the last week because it was a four-day Test match. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to touch on days one, two, and three. Weirdly, although there's there's only been two days of play, right? In this six-day World Test Championship final. So, Ashwin, let's dive straight into it. Varun, unfortunately, can't join because it's a little bit late this Sunday. But he'll be here when we wrap the World Test Championship final next week. Ashwin, let's talk about women's cricket. We were super excited that the ladies got to play a test match after seven years. It was in England. But it started off a little bit controversially, right? Where the ladies... I mean, there's been a lot of controversy actually lately with their payments being withheld and not coming through on time. And there was lots of stuff that went down which wasn't pleasant. But the latest controversy was they got a used pitch. They, it had been used for a men's game, I think, three or four days ago. And so it was used to play this test match. What did you make of that? Because there was quite a lot of um, irritated people out there on Twitter. Yeah, and in this case, honestly, the the irritation was largely against the ECB, right? If you will, because it comes under priority call, right? So I'm very, again, I wasn't following the the match probably as closely as you know some of the some of the naysayers were, if you will. But the, from what I read, both captains seemed upset, right? So this was not a team India is touring and is upset at the facilities, etc., which happens a lot in our game, where a touring side complains about accommodations arrangement, whether it's the pitch or the overall facilities, etc. In this case, both captains were saying, hey, it's not ideal that we're playing the first test match, uh, home first England's first home test match in two years, India's first test match at all in over seven years. And yeah, let's give them a used pitch, right? So frustrating. I think it's one of those things where hopefully the visibility and that the controversy caused will lead to make sure that doesn't happen again. But this is the ECB and the BCCI, two of the richest, most powerful boards in the in the world. In this case, the fault was of the ECB and they need to just be better next time. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that was even before the game had started. There was already murmurs about that. But when the game actually got underway, 
the England women, who seemed like a pretty well-oiled machine, went on and scored 396 for nine, Ashwin, in the first session. It's it, in, in the first innings, it sort of felt like the Indian women hadn't quite worked out the rhythms of test cricket, if you know what I mean, right? Like, it's, it was like they used to playing T20 cricket, they used to playing 50-over cricket. And I think I heard Shikha Pandey saying that they weren't playing multi-day cricket at the domestic level when she was speaking to Jared Kimber. Now, it almost seemed like they'd run out of ideas a little bit after after a certain point and the English uh, batters were just making hay by that stage, right? Yeah, I mean, 396 for nine is absolutely a phenomenal score. I was just trying to look up, you know, England's ranked higher than the Indian side, of course, and both, they don't have test rankings for women right now, but for ODIs and T20s, they have... Uh, Nat Siver and Tammy Beaumont are both high up there in the the ODI player rankings. So, you know, while India has some players who've done well, you absolutely went into this match thinking England at home has played much more Test cricket. India had several debutants. I want to say at least three, but maybe more. Uh, I think it was a, five. I think we had five, five debutants. There yeah. you go. And so, just three hundred and ninety-six for nine. It's also interesting when a team makes nearly four hundred runs but does so without. Anybody getting a century, just so unfortunate for the skipper Heather Knight to miss out on what would have been a great century. But yeah, 396 for nine at that point, you feel like Team India is running a little bit out of ideas, missing potentially some of the the wrist spinners that have done well over the years, etc. But great, you know, I'm setting this up, but great early performance by Snehrana, who ended up picking up a four for in in her first uh, match after a long, long time. So yeah, very exciting, and of course, the rest of the match got even better for Team India. Yeah, well, it got a bit worse and then it got a bit better. But anyway, we'll come to that, right? Snehrana picked up four wickets. Um, why did England declare? They had um, Sophia Dunkley batting on 74, not out. I mean, guys, these these test matches come around and we'll come to this later as well in the Rana context. Right? Like These test matches seem to be coming around quite um, irregularly, right? Like, Do you get a chance to get a test match 100? Um, I mean, if I was Sophia, I'd be being dragged off that uh, pitch, man. Like when, when uh, a declaration with nine down. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know, and I didn't hear any of the stories about it. But it's possible that Kate Cross, who was the only batter who didn't come out, wasn't isn't a great batter, or wasn't confident, or wasn't it was injured or something. So at three hundred and ninety six, I guess it's also good to remember it's a four day test, right? And so they had batted well past the first uh, first day. How long would it have been? It would have been kind of around about the second session on day two. So you have to start thinking of the math as well on how much time you need to bowl out your opposition twice, which, you know, we know, for those of us who know the result now, there's no suspense, we know they weren't able to do. But uh, that's probably what factored in. Absolutely. Although I'm pretty sure that Kate Cross was okay because all I heard in the last hour was, yeah, Crossy, and from the wicketkeeper was standing behind. Anyway, so you get 396 for nine put in front of you. And these girls have had questions asked of them constantly. There's chat about, oh, you don't make enough revenue. You're paid uh, less because you're not bringing in the money. There's all sorts of nonsense that goes around on on social media. And uh, frankly, some of the journalists around also seem to be dismissing women's cricket. It's not a priority. The pitch thing wasn't a good look. Them not getting paid on time wasn't a good look either. But with all of that context, you've conceded nearly 400 runs in this, this test match where the whole world seems to be like, you guys are probably not good enough to be playing test cricket. And then to come out and put on 167 runs for the first wicket. Ashwin, let's just talk through that, man. It, it's just such a fantastic partnership. Yeah, I mean, 167 runs without losing a wicket before the first wicket fell in what 40-something overs they were batting at. You just, like, and two of the 
probably the most prolific batters in world cricket right now, right? Smriti Mandana, obviously more established, knows uh, knows the scene, has been around much longer. Shafali Varma, I don't even know how old she's now, 17 maybe? Uh, just unbelievable, this youth, this crazy exuberance and hits the ball so big and I think ended up hitting a couple of sixes which does, which haven't been hit before. She's 17 now, I just double-checked. So just outstanding, right? Like, And again, keep in mind, this is a batting order that has been incredibly fluid and agile over the last little bit. But to open on the test with Smithy and Shafali, just unbelievable to get to 167. Of course, I would rather not talk about what happened next, but a phenomenal opening partnership. England must have been really, really, you know, worried and starting to wonder what what force has hit them because it was just outstanding from the openers. Absolutely, Ashwin, absolutely. But I'm going to come to the first Seattle Award of the week. We haven't done these for a while because we haven't had cricket on, right? Shafali Varma on debut, 96, going for 100, hits the ball up in the air. It's going for a six, kind of after her idol, Virender Sehwag, I think. She's got to be the Seattle Secure Drive Player of the Week, right? Yeah, no question about it, right? And remember, we had a group text going where it said, who goes for the six at 96? And what are the names that come to mind? Like, it's Virinder Sawag, it's Rishabh Pant, it's now Shafali Varma. And this is how she plays. Like, we said this about Pant many times. People have said this about Sawag many times over the years. This is the ma- magic that she brings that, yes, will once in a while mean you're sitting there at 96 saying, why wouldn't the person just nudge their way to, for a few singles to get a, a century? But if they were going to do that, they probably wouldn't have had the flair or the ability to get to 96, right? Because So that's, this is the style she brings. I love it. At 17, think of the very, very long career she has ahead of her. I hope she keeps playing this way. Absolutely no fault for getting out at 96 because you were going for six. Because, you you know, what is the saying? You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that, absolutely fine. So, fine by me. Yeah, and she did give us the thrill of speed with complete control all the way to 96, just like the Seattle Secure Drive tire. Ashwin, Smriti, she goes, she gets out at 96. Um, Shafali, Smriti goes, what happens then? Is it just inexperience, lack of multi-format cricket? Because the... Indian team collapses from 167 for no loss to 231 all out, including like absolute stars like Mithali and Harman unable to contribute in any meaningful way. Yeah, just incredibly disappointing. I think it's a little bit of everything you said, right? It's a little bit of the, hey, this is a big stage. It is a, it's a lot to process. When you When you walk in after, you know, having a phenomenal opening partnership and then you have to deal with just some of the best bowlers in the in the women's game right now, right? Of course, highlighting Sophie Ecclestone in particular. She bowled 26 overs out of the 81 and picked up four wickets, uh, including, obviously, Mithali and Harman. And good, rev- and, really and good use of the reviews, by the way, for both of them. Good use of DRS yeah. as well, yeah. So, I mean, full credit to the bowlers, but also disappointing, right? This is a batting lineup. I mean, we'll talk about how they ended up redeeming themselves later, but this is a batting lineup that does bat very, very deep. And the choices to play... I mean, I, I was looking. I was reading. I think Tanya Bhatia has, has batted as opened for India, and then in not that long ago, then it has played up top order, middle order, or I think, and she ended up batting at ten in the second inning. So there's some, there's some. We've talked in, a lot about in the men's game how the constant floating of the batting order causes you know strain on the batters. It, it's it's difficult. It not knowing your role, not knowing your position. So there's probably a little bit of that strategically. At the same time, the women's side has done done that better than the men's side has over the last few years, just in terms of fluidity. So disappointing. Sometimes it happens. I mean, the, how often do you see Harman, Mithali, Shikha all kind of failing in, in one inning? So disappointing that we weren't able to capitalize on the big 
you know, kind of opening partnership. But then, of course, it got really interesting, right? Because the deficit was, what, 164 runs. And I'll hand it back to you to talk about what happened next. Yeah, it was uh, just over 160. I think it was 165 runs. I'm going to enjoy my my, my maths there. 165. That's yes, it. that's it's it. So I've just deducted so 231.396. Anyway, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> for once, for once, I get the math right on this show. Um, right, anyway, you get the math prize for the week. Indeed, indeed. But then out comes Shafali Verma again, almost like in an action replay of what she did earlier, and goes off like a train again and. Uh, this time, Smriti didn't join her, but I mean, we've already given her the Seat uh, Secure Drive Player of the Week award. But I mean, what is is Shefali Verma like? There was that Sachin era, right? Like everybody, there were lots of kids named Sachin. Like there was a Sunil Gavaskar era. There were kids named Sunil. Are girls going to be called Shefali very soon after the, these performances by Shefali Verma? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, right? She's still young. She has more to do, obviously. But to come out and make what, 159 runs across the two innings. You've, you've been sent in to follow on, by the way. You're, you, you think this is it. England's at, you know, at their throats, ready to kind of close out the match, go back and follow on. Outstanding bowling performances. Sophie Ecclestone's looking great again with the ball. And Shefali comes out, hits 63 of 83 balls, including another six, 11 boundaries. Just, you have to love the, not, not just the talent and the ability, but the audacity almost, right? That's what separated... Sehwag, that's what separates Pant, that's what brings Shefali to the forefront of the news cycle and to, to all the discussions we're having, is the sheer audacity to say, I'm going to go for it. So, unbelievable. This time, obviously, didn't get supported by Smriti, but Deepti Sharma, had a re- who was also making her test debut, uh, just had a really, really good good partnership, played very stable cricket, exactly what you want from your one-drop, and didn't seem to be phased by the fact that Shefali was hitting boundaries. And I think Deepti was like one of 40 40 odd balls at some stage and just stayed there, played her played her role, played her position. And that was magnificent to see. So great to see kind of the the temper, the balance of the two temperaments when they were batting together. Yeah, and no, I think what worked for them was also left hand, right hand, right? It messed with the line a little bit of the English bowlers. But Ashwin. And I hate I hate being that guy that always compares the women's game to the men's game. But we have talked so much on this show about how the unexpected brilliance of like the Pant and Pujara partnerships, yeah. right? Yeah. How like of all people you expect to partner Pant and Pujara. So it felt it just brought me back to that kind of like Shivali's the young maverick who's going for it and just going, well, yeah. And and Deepti's just fine. I'm on one of forty balls. It's absolutely fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna be stable. I'm sure we'll come to this in the in the next half of the show when you talk about Pujara. But I was at the um, at the ground yesterday and the atmosphere where Pujara gets off the mark after thirty five balls was like he'd scored a double hundred. It was just I mean I hilarious. always remember the clip I love the I remember the clip of when Dravid got off the mark after forty something balls and like raised his bat to the crowd. Pujara didn't quite do that, but it was still an yeah, It was so good. It was so good. Anyway, let's let's get back to the women's test match, man. Poonam Rawat bats pretty nicely, but again, the engine room of that team, Mithali Raj, Harman Preet fall quickly. Ashwin. There's a point at which India are looking like they're going to be bowled out in that final session. We lose a session to rain. Uh, I mean, it is England after all, and we'll talk more about weather and bad light and fun like that later. But lost a less session to rain, but you've got 108 overs to bat out on the last day. That's a monumental effort it's got to take, right? To bat out 108 overs. And Shefali's gone, Harmanpreet's gone, Mithali's gone, Sneh Rana. Ashwin, 
I mean, I don't have words for that performance. She's taken four wickets. She's gone through a lot of stuff personally. She's been dropped from the team. I think her dad passed away recently. And to come out with a performance like this, when the chips are down and supported by Tania Bhatia, I mean, what kind of mental strength has that taken? Because remember, everyone's gunning for this team. And it, it's, I mean, you go into social media, everyone's like, women's cricket doesn't make money. We should not telecast it. I mean, I think at one point, the broadcaster even cut the feed while the captains were being interviewed. So all of this stuff just needs to end. I, and I think that innings from Sne has gone a long way towards having a conversation, a proper conversation about test cricket and women's test cricket and them playing more. So, let's talk about this innings. Yeah, here's the thing, right? It was, at one point, it was seven, it, yeah, it was 78 for eight, effectively, right? 78 run lead when the eighth wicket fell and there was about 60 overs left in the day. If you're England, great. You're thinking, even if we give 30, 40 more runs in the next 15, 20 overs, we've three runs and over, close this match out. Done deal, right? It's, it's this side is eight down, if you're Snehrana, you're thinking a couple of things. One, this is the opportunity. This is an opportunity. To your point, right? She hadn't cons- consistently been selected before. There was a lot of background noise, etc. Two, you were chosen in the side ahead of you know some arguably more decorated spinners just because you bat to give the batting option, right? So now we can argue: should you have picked batting options to be able to bat to nine, etc.? In hindsight, that worked great for us in a match where Mithali Herman and the, the big guns didn't fire. But still, you have some of the best bowlers in the world charging in at you. You're 78 for eight. You just, you, you had to bet, you had to bet like your life depended on it. And she did. And we were all following it. We were all watching it. I've, it's been a long, probably since the, the World Cup final a few years ago, I haven't seen this much excitement and buzz about women's cricket. And to see it happening with the test game, for those of us who love test cricket, just magnificent. So very, very proud, very, very excited. It was a great partnership. You could see Shikha Pandey too, obviously perished as the eight wicket, but as the senior player more, was just constantly supporting her, walking over, talking, just, you know, staying, keeping really focused. The English women tried a lot of different things from field placement changes to bowling rotations to chirping, constantly chirping. It was just, it was magnificent to see how these, you know, these two lower order batters kept their head down stayed focused, and got the team to the finish line. And that's why people who don't understand cricket, I think I've said this on the show, don't understand how a draw sometimes feels like a win. But you're a side who hasn't played test cricket in seven years. You're coming into Eng- to, to England to play against England in their home conditions. You've collapsed. You started well, but collapsed epically in the, sec- in the first innings. You were asked to follow on. A draw 100% felt like a win to Team India. And I love, like you said, that this is starting the conversation about more test cricket for, for, for Indian women. Absolutely. And I think that makes her, Sneirana, the Seat puncher resistant player of the week. I think it was just a magnificent all round performance coming back from personal tragedy, coming back from being dropped from the team and bringing that performance out at that time where, I mean, who knows where it would have been if the Indian team had lost. There would have been all sorts of questions asked of whether they should be playing test cricket, whether they are good enough to go on tour and all of that stuff. And I think this is a giant foot forward. This this innings is a giant foot forward. This performance by the team, there's so much to take home from it. It's just, it's just absolutely brilliant. On that note, we're now going to go into a Seattle strategic timeout and we're going to talk more when we come back about this World Test Championship final. It's had three days. 
uh, two days of play. But um, there's there's a little bit to talk about around what's gone on um, at this World Test Championship final. So we will see you straight after this year strategic timeout. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back from that break and you're still listening to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. In the first half of the show, we've talked a lot about the women's test that was played at Bristol. It went the four days, went the length of the game. It was a fantastic fighting draw played out by the Indian team. Uh, Snay didn't quite get to her 100, which was unfortunate before bad light stopped playing. Now we're going to talk a little bit about weather and bad light, right? Ashwin, do you remember 2019 when you guys came here to watch India and New Zealand? I will never forget 2019. I just, I, God, one of the worst, I was talking to one of my friends here who was saying, you know, because I think a couple of weeks ago or last week, maybe you jokingly mentioned like, hey, there's still flights available. You should come watch the WTC final. And I would have honestly, you know, I've been fortunate in the US, the situation with COVID is a little bit better. I've had the opportunity to get my vaccines, et cetera. I would honestly have considered it if not for 2019 and having been standing at the ground the whole day watching it get rained out. So I don't, I, I'm not a fan of traveling to watch cricket in England in July, June, July, August anymore, just because this is, it's just so unfortunate. Of course, you had to commute all the way up to Southampton. It was slightly shorter than my commute would have been, but still a frustrating day, right? Yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to um, get some tickets to days one and two, which were the original days one and two of the game. Obviously, this, with all of that stuff around the World Cup, they've, they had the good sense to have a reserve day. Um, at, so th- this is a six-day test match, effectively, if there was any time loss. So thank God that that was they, they had the foresight to do that. So I drove up on the first day and it, it rained. I mean, it's it is what it is, right? Like that's fine. You lose time to 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 rain. Saturday, which is day two, technically, but ended up being day one of the test match. You have a cracking test match underway, Ashwin, where. India win the to- uh, India lose the toss. Sorry, I'm, I don't know why I said India win the toss. Kane Williamson won won the toss. When is the last time we win? We never win. The toss. I think just assume. We I think Kohli won the toss the last time sometime in uh, like 2015. Well, he won a couple of IPL tosses, yeah, and he was shocked. So we by forgot those. about it. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was like um, Kane Williamson puts India into bat. Fantastic opening partnership, just brilliance personified. Gill, Rohit Sharma, 60 for no loss. I mean, I was sitting at the ground going, this is literally a nightmare scenario. It's cloudy. It's raining. We're batting first in the World Test Championship final. Gil and Rohit, you've got Saudi and Bolt standing at the top of their mark. This is 15 for 3 material. I mean, it's... the, the And the one thing I want to say is the floodlights were on all day. As we drove to the AGS Bowl, the floodlights were on. So... We'll come to this later in the in the piece. But fantastic opening partnership. Then we lose the first wicket. Rohit goes. Ashwin, what did you make of Rohit's innings? So, full full disclosure, I didn't watch the first session of day two, unfortunately. Those, you know, I tried. It's a bit it early for you, right? It's a bit early. It starts at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. I was able to wake up day three, but on... Saturday morning, I was probably out a little bit later than I should have been Friday night. So to wake up at 4.30 was a little daunting. Could have just so stayed I woke up, up right? 
no, I, I don't have that in, it, in me anymore. I'm getting too old. But I woke up, Petraeus Gill was getting out, basically. And then I was at the stroke of light, so I went back to sleep. So I caught up through Rohit's, on, on Rohit's settings through the highlights. It looked like he was doing a magnificent, the both of them were doing a magnificent job negotiating, you know, attacking the, the the balls that were there to be hit, but just being comfortable leaving the ball. And that's historically been Rohit's issue, is not being comfortable leaving the ball that's outside the off-stop. And in England, all the pundits will tell you, you have to just leave everything outside the off-stop. Unfortunately, that's how he perished, right? His foot didn't, his front foot didn't move all the way to the pitch of the ball, and he reached, as we've seen him do over the years, as he's gotten much better at and more disciplined at, but he reached and leaned into the ball and got the outside edge. Same thing kind of happened with, with Gil, right? Like, reached, for, reached forward for the ball, and the New Zealand bowlers are far too disciplined for you to get away with, with uh, loose shots like that. Yeah, and so then we, we sort of lost the edge a little bit because 60 for none became 80 for two, then it became 88 for three when Pujara went to a, to a brilliant ball from Bolt, which just jagged back in. And it seemed like India had conceded the advantage that they'd worked, that they that the openers had given them. I mean, 60 for no loss, Ashwin, in an ICC championship final is like a dream for us, right? It's It's like... We're only worried about 15 for three, but 60 for none is just amazing. Yeah, it's it's really not bad. Honestly, even 63 for two, not great, but okay, you still, you now have your your most important batters coming in, right? Pujara, Kohli, Rahane. And so you'd still take it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then Pujara goes to a good ball. The New Zealand bowlers are on top. Rahane walks out, another Seattle boy. And that little passage of play, Ashwin, I felt... That was a super... You had Kohli being super aggressive. He running... Ve- I mean, his running is incredible. I don't think we get the full picture on, 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 the, on the screen because you see him at the ground. He's hit it down to fine leg. He's off like an absolute head. And he's converting ones into twos, twos into threes. It's, it's like Sunil Gavaskar's like wet dream, basically. It's just fantastic. Anyway... That's going to be a clip we extract and use that line for something in the future, for sure. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's... If somebody wants to make a meme out of DJ Singh, Sunil Gavaskar's white dream, please do. <laughs> so he's, he, Kohli gets to 44, India 146 for three. The ball is still beating the bat, mind you, but India have got through the toughest phase. It's The ball is 60 overs old. That's when you want to cash in, right? Before the second new ball comes in. And the umpires then take the batsman off for bad light. There's no rain, Ashwin. There was no rain yesterday. I was at the ground. It was a little bit dark, but it had been this, I mean, genuinely, like, I've played cricket in, in light like that. Everywhere, there's a crowd sitting there. You're trying to make a spectacle. It's the pinnacle of the pinnacle of test cricket. There are two teams going super hard at each other. And all I thought was that the umpires were being overzealous in their interpretation of the light rules. It was just... I mean, that, w- in, to my mind, was fit for cricket. But I'm not an expert. I'm not an umpire. But it, to me, it felt absolutely ridiculous to take the players off at that stage where it's 146 for three with no rain on the horizon. At three, sorry, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to, again, I'm not an expert on the light rules either. I want to give benefit of the doubt and say there are guidelines in the ICC rules and the umpires just have to follow it. So you see that, at least on TV, you see them take the light meter out, put it on top of the bales. I don't know why it's, it's on top yeah, of the bales. Yeah, but, but, but it's it actually, does. there's no like number. It's completely left to the discretion of the umpires. What? Yeah. There has to be like a threshold or a There's off, no right? number. It's got to be, it, so it is, shouldn't be, uh, they say it doesn't need to be ideal, but it doesn't need to be dangerous. If it's dangerous, you take them off. Yeah, but that, that that's bizarre. So I'd honestly just assume there's a number they're looking at. Here, here's the thing, though. Like we're 
I don't know, we were supporters of the team that was batting at the time, right? We should be saying, hey, it's like in overcast, dark conditions with four of the best quicks in the world. Take them off. Like, I don't want Kohli and I didn't want Kohli and Rahane facing those guys when it got dark, right? So frustrating as a fan, of course, and you were sitting at the stadium, so it must have been even more frustrating. But I don't know, if Kohli had gotten out as it was starting to get darker, I think we would have been more annoyed, let's be honest, right? If if he felt like, and Kohli in a press conference says, yeah, it goes tough, I couldn't see the ball as well. And you got guys running in at 140 plus kilometers an hour. It's also not fair. So I, I don't know how to think about it. There's no, it doesn't feel like there's a right answer. Yeah, fair point. So, so, but then how that shakes out is you've done all the hard work to get to get yeah. 60 overs through the day. And then the bowlers yeah. come back fresh on day three. Yeah. And look what happened in the morning of day three. Kohli didn't score another run. Yeah. Rahani got a few more and then got out. Yeah. I mean, disappointing. I'll run down really quickly what happened, right? Kohli got out for 44. Then Rahane got, oh, then Pant came in and got out, which was disappointing, right? Like he hit, he took his time to get off the mark, then hit one boundary and then slashed, which again is un, not unexpected. Rahane then perished to again what felt like a, rude, a loose shot, right? Like you can't get out. Thank God it wasn't a cut shot, otherwise Varun would have been all over yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Rahane, like we're criticizing the guy who made the most runs, right? Credit to him for his great 49. But to get out, like pulling or whatever that, the it half a, pull where he flap, kind of right? hit and then kind of like he flapped because he kind of withdrew, drew a little from the pole and he hits that shot a fair bit. So credit to Williamson for then the bowler, uh, I guess that was Wagner, but for the captaincy. And then, yeah, today's Ashwin showed a little bit of a fight. But even Ashwin, like second ball was trying to flick it, like smash it through the yeah. leg side. The, for, it, just for a side that has just won, or two series ago, won an amazing series in Australia because of how the lower order batted to lose. We lost our last three wickets in four balls, one of which was Jadeja. And Jadeja getting caught, clipped down the leg side, just, just not acceptable for a player at number seven. Again, I don't want to blame the seven when the top order didn't do great. But let, let me also just say before we wrap up, I, India got ended up getting all out for 217. You know, you people were arguing 250 plus was probably okay under these conditions on this wicket. 217 felt a little short. Mm. But Kyle Jameson didn't take a wicket on day one or day two. Came in, got caught. I don't know. Oh, he, 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 he took Rohit. Yeah. No, he took Rohit out. Oh, Rohit, took Rohit. sorry, not Gil. Yeah, um, Rohit. So he got one and then came out and picked up four more. This guy now has five, uh, five, 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 five fivers. Industry faster than anybody else in the modern game. Uh, he just seems his average is like fourteen or something, which is just unbelievable. Just phenomenal statistics. You know, disappointing, but I I just think it's great for a newer to the test scene bowler to be standing up when you got Bolt, Saudi, and Neil Wagner and to Matt Henry with, waiting you pick in up the wings five. and it's keeping yeah, Matt Henry and you up. pick up five. So. So credit to him, disappointing for us, obviously, but great to see uh, him stand up tall. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's huge, man. He was standing near fine leg and it was just like a massive unit. But uh, what felt, I think, like the ultimate ultimate test of patience at the uh, Aegeus Bowl of Water, at least we got two full days of cricket in, right? That that was almost full days of cricket. We had 100 in… Did you just say the AGS Bowl of Water? That's what it felt on day one, right? Like, I was like, why have That's we… That's a good come? line. I like the line. But I, I saw the sign to the AGS Bowl. I was like, this is… It's pelting down. This is not the AGS Bowl. It's the AGS Bowl of Water. And this is going <laughs> to be the line. ultimate test of patience. I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should clip this part also. Anyway, Ashwin, very quickly to wrap this episode. And we'll do a full deep dive into the… Or post-mortem of the World Test Championship final in the next episode. Where… Do India go from here? New Zealand are 101 for two wickets. We were extremely, extremely fortunate, I think, to pick up that wicket right at the end of day's play to, to lift spirits because before that, it was looking depressing, man. It was looking like this was going to be a long day in the field. 
Um, where do India go from here? What do we need to win the game, assuming the weather and the light hold good? Yeah, so I mean, at 101 for one, if they had gone off for bad light, would have been a completely different day. It's still very much New Zealand's day, right? Trailing by 116, eight wickets in hand. I texted you when we got Conway out. It's like, oh, great, we got our second wicket. Now we've got the two two best batsmen on the side to deal with, right? Williamson and Ross Taylor. So it's not going to be easy for India from here. I think they have to be a little bit tighter. The quicks need to be a little tighter with their lengths. There was a chart that showed how much swing our bowlers were extracting compared to what the New Zealand bowlers got, and we were not even close. So obviously just didn't do enough to try to use the Duke's ball, to use the conditions, to use the ground to our advantage. The first wicket came off of Ashwin, which, again, great bowler, one of my favorites, but you shouldn't be getting your first wicket in these conditions off of a spinner. It should be coming from one of your quicks. Ishant also got a wicket arguably off of a poor shot on a, like he, like Conway ended up getting out on a flick and a brilliant catch from Mohamed Chami. But not not the shot you, your seamers should be getting wickets on, not the ball. Yeah, it's not the expectation edge to third slip Correct. or something. He's like exactly. smacking it to now, move it on. I want to give credit. We did induce a lot of edges. It felt like a lot of the balls went between third slip and gully or over their heads or just dropped short. So I think the bowlers did well. I think they need to keep it tight. Just to wrap, I'll say really quickly, we're at the end of day three. Let's assume they trigger that sixth day. They have to. They have to now. There's three full days left. One of which, which is Monday, is expected to be fully washed out or mostly washed out as, as per the current forecast. Forecast chain. So now you think New Zealand's still in their first innings the second innings out of the four, trailing by 116. How much are you going to get done in two, two? let's call it two, two and a half days of potential test cricket? That's going to be really interesting. Does New Zealand come out, try to get to parity with India in the 200s-ish? And if they haven't lost more than four or five wickets, then they just go go big to try to get a huge sum on the board really quickly so that they give themselves a shot at getting India out. I think strategy is going to be really interesting to see how the captains play weather. Of course, if it ends in a drop, the team split it, which I think feels like after this World Test Championship as a whole could be a fair result be a little underwhelming to see uh, not to not have one side lifted. So we'll see. I'm hopeful that India does come back, come out all guns blazing, uses the conditions, picks up two or three more quick wickets. And hey, from 101 from two, getting out under 250 is not unreasonable. We can do it. We just need some really quality bowling. Absolutely. And of course, um, you've got three days left in the test match. In, in New Zealand haven't run away with the game, which is good. They India, India have kept them quiet, really. They haven't managed to get away with the game. I don't think teams are going to plan for the weather. I don't think they can just because uh, they would they would they they wouldn't do that. They they they're not going to go with forecast. They're just going to play what they can play. I think we've got a fascinating test match in store for us. Maybe as you say, the draw is the right result. We will have to wait and see. That is the episode for this week, guys. It has been an exciting week for Indian cricket generally, um, and we are still running the hashtag bat with Siat contest. So please write in with the answer to the question: Which two Indian batsmen? have scored more than a 1,000 runs in the World Test Championship so far, excluding the final, so in the group stages. Write in with the answer to that, hashtag BatWithSiat. We will see you next week with the wrap and the post-mortem and hopefully a celebration of the World Test Championship final victory. Until then, enjoy yourselves. Write into us at Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay safe, stay home. This is Edges and Sledges brought to you by Siat Tyres. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. 
On Paisa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya, and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.